0: Friend of ours is having a little trouble. Friend at the top. Back then, there was nobody in this country who didn't know who Jimmy Hoffa was. You go! Get a gun! Get that gun out
1: of his hand! You always charge a guy with a gun. With a knife, you run away. So you charge
0: with a gun, with a knife, you run. Hello, and welcome to episode 10 of Step and Repeat, a movie and awards show podcast where we break down the week's biggest movies and their awards season potential. I'm your co-host, Matt. And I'm Andrew. And this week, we're going to be breaking down Martin Scorsese's highly anticipated The Irishman, which is in theaters now and on Netflix November 27th. So.
1: (laughs) Select theaters. It's like, I hate that we have to clarify that too. Which is is a topic that we'll dive into. Mm -hmm. But So that's a... Long movie. It is a a three-and-a-half-hour epic, so... So is this
0: going to be a a three-and-a-half-hour podcast?
1: (laughs) (laughs) I hope not, though I have definitely listened to podcasts that break down movies that are longer than the movies (laughs) themselves, so it would not be unprecedented Uh, if we did that. uh, But I promise we'll keep it much shorter than three-and-a-half hours. And, yeah, so The Irishman, Scorsese's first movie in...
0: Three three years, mm-hmm. since 2016. And his first movie with Al Pacino.
1: I know, yeah. Shocking. It's very surprising. Most people kind of associate those two together because they were from the same era.
0: Same era, same genre-ish, yeah. yeah.
1: But never did a movie together. No. Until now. De Niro, though. De
0: Niro and uh, Joe Pesci. Yeah. Big Scorsese. Yeah,
1: so they're Scorsese. all the... They're the three main actors in this movie. Yeah. So... I guess it would be helpful for people who are unfamiliar to at least break down like the the simple premise. Yeah, I think so. Yeah.
0: you maybe want to give a plot and let people know what it's about?
1: (laughs) Yeah, if they're going to sit down for three and a half hours to talk about it, (laughs) you should probably know a little bit what it's about. Uh, So the story basically centers around a mafia hitman from Philadelphia called uh, Frank Sheeran. And... The movie starts with him as an old man and he's kind of retelling his life story which uh, predominantly involves the philly mob and his association and close relationship with the famed union leader jimmy hoffa who's played by al pacino and so jimmy hoffa went missing in 1975 and the case is still uh, unresolved to my knowledge But this movie recounts the series events of what Frank Sheeran claimed actually happened. So it's based on a memoir uh, that was released in 2004 called I Heard You Paint Houses. And the movie's um, now this retelling of of that memoir. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, so uh it's playing in select theaters right now in independent theaters so it's not really playing in any regal cinemas or amc theaters and that is by design and it will be on netflix just in time for thanksgiving
0: i i think it i i'm of the opinion that it would make a good amount of money if it were playing in Oh, no doubt. Regular theaters. No Re- doubt. Regular, I'm yeah. quoting regular theaters. Yeah. And Netflix... Mainstream.
1: Netflix has tried very hard for the past several years to get their movies played in those theater chains unsuccessfully. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's why
0: it's not playing that's in a, any of those that's theaters. A, that's a deeper conversation.
1: Yeah. That's definitely about. one of the things I want to talk about, but yeah. it's, uh, I think it would be better to talk about, like, the the movie itself first, so... What did you think?
0: So, <laughs> um, I had been looking forward to this movie for a long, long time. I, let me let me back up. I have never been the biggest fan of gangster movies. I've actually never been a huge fan of Martin Scorsese. And like, I know that's kind of a, makes me a bad cinephile maybe, but um, so, but I knew this was a movie was going to get a lot of traction. It 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 has a lot of big stars. It has Joe Pesci and Robert De Niro and Al Pacino all together again, um, and so I, so I was looking forward to it for the star power, for the directing, for for everything. Um, not necessarily because it was a gangster movie, but because it was an awards season contender. So that being said. Um, I went into it with very, very high expectations, knowing that people love it, and it's just getting all these rave reviews. It's got, what, like 96% of Rotten Tomatoes. Um, When I came out after three and a half hours, I had no idea what I thought of that movie. And to this day, it is now 7.32, is more than 24 hours since we've seen the movie. I still have no idea how I feel about The Irishman. Is that bad? So when I feel that way after movies,
1: this is just for me. But if I don't know how I feel after a movie, about 24 hours or however long, to me that's usually a sign that I liked it because I like movies that challenge me and if I'm still thinking about how I feel a long time after having seen it, it challenged me and therefore I know that I liked it.
0: Yeah, it was definitely challenging. I'm I'm still thinking about it and I'm still putting pieces together. Um there were a lot of parts that I was really frustrated at, um, and a lot of moments where I just honestly I just thought could have been cut. Um where and there are times while I was sitting through it just thinking like Oh my god, like did we really just like make this just to put the three of these people together with Scorsese and like just Kind of like appeased to fans. I I don't know. Um, but th- there were moments where I just where I just really wasn't into it. But then there are other times where I, like I was just like absolutely blown away. Um, I think there are things that I I also didn't know if I liked or not. So for example, like like I didn't know. I don't know how I felt about the CGI de aging. I I don't know how I feel about it. I don't know if I if I prefer other actors playing younger actors and older actors like how it used to be, but now that we have the technology to do so, you know, we're, we, can, we can de-age faces, we can de-age people and make them seem, seem younger and look younger, but the acting still feels like they're older. To me, to me. So, just well, because I know like Robert De Niro is older, yeah. Al Pacino is older, and when I see that they look younger and they act older, it just, it, it just confuses me.
1: So this is something that I want to spend a good amount of time on, actually. Mm-hmm. So the de aging technology, and so for people kind of unfamiliar, so there is what's called de aging technology in this movie, where they digitally remove like wrinkles, sags, like age spots from uh, from the actors' faces, and predominantly the three main actors who are. Um, Al Pacino, uh, Joe Pesci, and Robert De Niro. And they... Uh, but they're still performing in their bodies. So... In this movie, they're mostly de-aged. Only about, like, 10 years. So, like, most of the movie takes place when they're kind of, like, in their 50s. So it's not that yeah. much of a difference. Yeah, yeah, They yeah. go back to, like, somewhat in their 30s. Uh, so... So there are, there was like one, there was only one odd scene that I kind of found where uh, Frank Sheeran, Robert De Niro's character, beats another character up. And like to me it was like very obvious that it was an old man. Like the way he throws punches and kicks. It was, yeah, and
0: that's, that's what I'm kind of referring to is that it just, they seem old, older.
1: Well, in this movie in particular, And this movie is very much a movie about aging and mortality and the legacy that you leave. So I think it was actually, it earned the de-aging because I think it's very important for a movie that where you're rethinking of your whole life, it's very important to have the same face at the beginning of the movie than you do at the end. Mm -hmm. So I think it... Earned the de aging, and I actually totally forgot, completely forgot about the de aging after like I think half an hour or so. Um, I like there was a moment I think like late in the movie that I picked up back on it, and I was like, wow. And the storytelling for me just like really overrid the technology, and so I think kind of speaks to how good the technology was. Mm-hmm. I don't think anyone um is embarrassed by anything that happens like pretty good so it's it was really 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 well done I think for this movie in particular given the themes and the gravity that it took
0: yeah there's there's been a lot of um, there have been movies you know that movies have done this before the de-aging process and um, you can clearly tell that it's gotten better over time the whole uh, you know de-aging and making people look younger uh, but
1: so the issue, the bigger issue at hand is the the debate over the uncanny valley. Mm-hmm. So, like, f- the uncanny valley is the sort of limit that people can take of technology too much resembling humans. So the most recent example in cinema would be... Uh, or The Lion King. So, like, the new, quote-unquote, live-action Lion King, <laughs> where these animals are speaking, but they look too much like animals.
0: Like, Emotionless, yeah.
1: Yeah, people want something to look a little cartoony or to be a little off. It's the same reason why Siri on your phone sounds a little robotic, because people cannot take it when they sound too human. So that's the Uncanny Valley. And movies like... The Lion King kind of fit into the uncanny valley and um, to an extent like the movie Gemini Man, which it just came out with Will Smith, where Will Smith plays both his current 51 year old self and a younger 23 year old self. And this, that kind of era area is where I think the technology's dangerous. And you even saw it in, like, news that kind of broke this week of the recasting of James Dean. Yes, that James Dean in a movie. So it's... That is problematic in the sense that it's taking the likeness of former stars and then employing them, casting them in current movies. Yeah, I have
0: a problem with that. I I think that actually teeters on, like ethics and 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 poor morals of of hollywood i i i think what why is it even necessary that we have to recast james dean in a movie to be honest like like i don't i saw the article but i didn't know what like what the movie was that he's it's not even like a big movie by the <laughs> way like like i didn't even know it was like a big deal yeah of a film but like i i i completely disagree with it um i, I even like i i i'm okay with it in like something like star wars where like I'm. I'm not. Not. Not, I, not. 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 I'm not talking about this upcoming Star Wars. I'm talking about um Rogue One. Yeah, I'm not okay. I was. I wasn't okay with that. With Leia at the end. No. Or
1: Peter Cushing. Yeah.
0: So. that no, no. 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 That I was not okay with. But what yeah. I'm. What I'm referring to was that if the actor is still alive and they get the okay from the actor, that I'm okay with. But if the actor is not alive and like the the family says it's okay, like like that's that's another thing. And you're right. Like I. I well, that's what
1: happened with James Dean. Yeah.
0: Well, no, see, like, that's that's what I'm saying is, like, I don't think that's... I don't think that's okay. And I'm not okay with it. Um, but, like, what I'm saying, like... Like, in a few... stuff so for future Star Wars movies, like, I don't agree with yeah, taking then, Princess Leia and making her, like... Like, like taking Carrie Fisher and making her yeah, a character. Yeah, we've, like, like...
1: We've kind of broke that dam, almost.
0: Yeah. So... Like, yeah, there's no going back. It's
1: really scary. Yeah. So, to see where they do that... Like, for example, like... That's why it's interesting with Will Smith because, with Will Smith, like his twenty-three year, sel- year old self is more profitable than his mm. fifty-one year old self. So yeah. they're just going to make movies with his twenty-three year old self. That's <laughs> yeah. like so bizarre and kind of yeah unethical. Yeah, to think. Whereas the de aging is very much those actors, and that's why I'm more i'm definitely okay with the Mm -hmm. de-aging it's how technology is used it's not what the technology is
0: correct yes um so anyway um i don't know (laughs) yeah it's it's
1: just bringing up like very fascinating things like about cinema that i'm really interested in Mm -hmm. so um, 21st century yeah
0: and are we gonna bring back like Audrey Hepburn like I know that's like like that's the question like no like leave them let them rest
1: (laughs) I but I think The Irishman had a bigger impact because it is at its core a movie about aging and mortality that it doesn't make sense to have like a young De Niro play like a young Frank Schoen or young looking De Niro Play. I'm sorry, let me back up. It doesn't make sense to have a De Niro look-alike play a young Frank Sheeran mm-hmm. if it's a movie about aging mm-hmm. because it's like about the process itself. Mm-hmm. So it's a movie that spans 50 years. So yeah. it had a much bigger kind of emotional impact
0: mm, yeah. knowing it was them. So my question is, let's say 75% of the film is uh, – Sheeran, uh, Frank Sheeran in his 50, Robert De Niro in his fifties, why not cast a 50 year old actor like entirely and then de-age him up instead of like age him up. You know what I'm saying? Like, like they did, they
1: did age him up too. So he, he goes into his like eighties or nineties and yeah, yeah. Do. Well,
0: yeah. At for, that point it was prosthetics though for, yeah. for De Niro. Like for like 10% of, I would say like 10% when they aged him up. Like like ten or fifteen percent, like him, like when he had to be aged up more than what he is now, because the scenes there are scenes where he's kind of in his current age. I'm I'm not explaining this for. He's him. old. Yeah. De Niro's current age. De Niro's yeah. like in his seventies. Yeah. And yeah. And so like in the scenes with him and with him and Joe Pesci in the car traveling across the U.S., they're in their seventies. They're in their current age. Where they are now, correct?
1: No, I think they're, they're like fifties like late fifties, early sixties, a little bit younger because that was nineteen
0: seventy five. Okay. Okay. Maybe I was just doing the math wrong then. Um but but I'm what I'm my anyway, my question is why not if the majority of the movie is where he is gonna be in his fifties, why not cast a a fifty year old actor? Why do you have to go with De Niro?
1: I mean it was the right person for the part. It... Yeah, but you can find other people. But they like I mean all this is no this like arguments like pointless to me because they, they nailed the de aging. Yeah. So like they, they did a really good job. Well of
0: it. Yeah. For for you they they nailed the de aging. For me, it it kind of it kind of took away. For me, it kind of took me. I the
1: I completely forgot. So. It. I forgot about it completely.
0: Yeah, I just like for me, I just it was very prevalent. It was very there the whole time, and and I well, like, what about I, it? Like specifically, just just knowing that it was there, and and I could tell like there were points. But where then you can't watch like an animated movie, like or
1: knowing any sort of te- any movie with technology. No, I like, can I can that
0: it's that. I can watch Toy Story, knowing that it's an animated movie, and still enjoy it as an animated or movie. a
1: movie with any sort of visual effects like you know it's
0: there in the visual effect yeah but but at the same time like i I just like i didn't like i i didn't believe the facial recognition or the facial de-aging along with the body movements and like just in my opinion it just took away from the story um and i just i i don't i i I don't don't, i'm not
1: 100 disagree i'm not
0: i'm not the biggest fan of them doing of like them focusing the majority of the time I'm like doing it the majority of the time. Like, I'm okay with it like a little bit, and like subtly, but I'm just not okay with it like taking place 75% of the movie. Like that's so, just that's just my my big issue. So but.
1: I mean, another thing is that this movie is very much reflective of Scorsese and uh, De Niro's career together too. Mm-hmm. So it's like, it has a very sort of meta aspect yeah. because their career spans 40 plus years and they, are you know tied to sort of like the glamour of the mob sort of life, and this movie is essentially critiquing that. This is like an yeah, old man's yeah, movie, yeah. and so that is like another reason why it's like essential to have somebody like Robert De Niro in that role.
0: Yeah, that's they're fire.
1: Therefore, meaning like that technology is necessary to tell that story.
0: Okay, well, all right. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I I don't I don't have any more in. And, and the but, story
1: is like so so strong. Three and a half hours flew. by It is a for very
0: me. plot-driven story. Uh, it was, it's um, <laughs> there are some points. I mean, there's there's so many Italian characters and Italian names that sometimes I just got like lost and I had to like. Go back. Like, I had to keep my phone under my, my thing to, like, go back and, like, like to IMDb and go, like, who is that? Who is that? What's his name? Like, who, Tony who? Like, like Rizzo, huh? Like, <laughs> and so, like, I that, just... That
1: is not a practice that I condone, by the way, no, getting no, on your
0: phone in the theater. Don't do it. But, but I just... I got to a point where I was just so lost. Like, who's this? Who's that? what Which Italian is this? And I just... So I had to... Like, I just... I didn't have to... I didn't. You can go on, like, face. You don't need, yeah. like, names. So, some of them. So, like... Like there's like, they all of a sudden, and I guess I maybe like, because the movie was so long, I I like lost track of who they were talking about. But um, you know, there was like one like union leader trying to take Jimmy Hoffa's job, and I kept forgetting his name. And like, did wait, I'm like, wait, did we see him? Did what's his name again? And like, Fitz, Fitz, yeah. But it, but they didn't show him I until was, they didn't show him until later on. They showed him quite a bit. <laughs> Exactly! See, like, I don't, like, like... They showed him quite a bit and referenced him quite a bit. I, that's, why, that's why I had to, like, go back and be like, oh, shoot, they showed him. Like, what, what does he look like? What's his face? And then when I saw him again, I was like, oh, yeah, that's right, that's him. So I But just, there, were, there
1: was an entire scene. And then there was, like, there was a, Matt, there was an entire scene showing them dedicating, like, showing him becoming the new president.
0: That, like yes. introducing it. There was a whole introductory scene. Yeah, but then but then an hour goes. An hour goes by and you forget what he looks like and you forget like and like cause he's not a big star, you don't know who he is. And so I'm like, oh wait, what's his name? What does he look like? And so that's when that's when I had to like go back and it's just like the names get lost in me and like like it's just like in these long, long, long movies and like these unknown faces. Like I can tell you like who Bobby Cannavale was and like and like who Jesse Clemens was, but like so, there are other well, people like who I, mean, I don't know. To
1: come back to an argument that we had about Parasite a couple of weeks ago. In Parasite, we like both agreed that the fact that we didn't know who these characters were, or didn't know who the actors were, actually kind of elevates that material. Mm-hmm.
0: So that's I liked I that. Who, that's because I knew who no one was. Yeah. And so that elevated the whole material. See,
1: I actually had those sort of like opposite opinions. So like Jack Houston, for example, plays um, Bobby Kennedy and mm-hmm. I know who Jack Houston was and I don't think he particularly bears a resemblance to Bobby Kennedy Mm-mm. so like that took me out of it in a little bit because I know who Jack Houston is mm-hmm. but like I don't know who the character who played Fitz was and but I recognized him just as much.
0: Yeah and like and like the four daughters it's like which one is which? I know Anna Paquin because I know who Anna Paquin is but then there's three other ones. Like, wait. I
1: think you're trying to like you're, I think you're trying too hard to, like, think True. of, like, who's too, who's important. Yeah, yeah. Like and what, I'm trying just to, let
0: the story tell... I'm trying to connect all the dots myself. And I think that's where... You're right. That's where, like, maybe I had a problem. Is that, like, I was trying to figure out everything. And I was trying to be one step ahead of the movie as it was going Yeah, up. Yeah, um, yeah. And I, was I, I would recommend
1: think. just letting the story tell itself. And you coming up with an opinion after.
0: Yeah. but then, But then, like, I also want to be able to follow follow everything while it's happening um and so i just like my acting. my it's my fear my it's my fear of getting lost um and i don't want to i and it, this is a movie where i didn't want to get lost in three and a half hours
1: so to that point would you have liked to watch it on netflix to pause and rewind and figure things out
0: that's a good question um Probably, I'm glad I saw it in the theater. I'm glad I saw it first. Um, so, if it was my first time, I would I would prefer to see it in the theater first rather than rather than on Netflix. Um, granted, uh, Netflix is a luxury. It is a convenience to be able to pause it and and try to stop yourself and catch yourself up. Um, see, there's an argument like to both sides here. Um, I I enjoyed seeing it in the theater first and then. Maybe a second viewing would be better on Netflix mm.
1: so so i I'm of two minds of this too, so I'm of the mind that it is looks great in the cinema and agree that anyone who wants to see this movie should see it in theaters uh, and but i I think it's a movie that is best told completely i e without pausing um, because because of what it has to say about the process of aging, and so that I think has like a stronger sort of those themes stick those themes stick more if you're sitting it in one three and a half hour sitting rather than like break it up into like five or six parts. That said, I think there are probably a few natural places where you could hit pause uh like acts like an act structure so uh that i think it could play well on netflix in that sense because full well knowing it's hard to find three and a half hours in any day (laughs) to sit down and watch a movie so it would be very fascinating to me if netflix ever released it's like pause and mm-hmm. rewind and finish data because the Irishman would surely be a great contender for that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's something I don't think they'll ever put out. Oh no, never. They'll but never that's, do that. that's another question which we, which I actually brought up to yesterday is I guess Netflix is considering it right now beta testing. As we talked about the, um, speed up feature, that the playing two times faster than the original, uh, than what the movie was intended to be, at the at the original speed. Um, and I have been, I fully admit, I do this with podcasts. Um, if I'm listening to some podcasts, or if I listen to audio, an audio book, I will speed up, because I, I'm i not watching a movie, but I'm just listening to something that's entertaining me, and I don't feel like an audio, like anything audio-wise has an effect, like, or is really impacted that much by the speed at which it is... Films or recorded. Um,
1: well, to play devil's advocate, there, same. What about like a song?
0: That's all. I, I don't do that to a song. I don't. I don't do that to songs. I'm I, sorry. I, I. think I only do. It to, I only do that to audiobooks and to to things that are like to like things that are really long because you can read a book at your own. <laughs> well, the, the Irishman is really long. <laughs> yeah. Well, you, no. Yeah, you can read a book at your own pace. Like you can read it really fast or really slow. However, however fast, however fast you want to read it. Um. So I, I justify it that way. Like that's why I speed up audiobooks or podcasts um movies I feel work a lot differently um directors film movies at their own speed, and it's a whole it's their choice like this is their film, you know, so anyway,
1: yeah, um, I think but I think, like so I think Netflix is basically just pushing the boundaries, see how far yeah. it can go there's been pretty negative outcry to this, I, myself included and yourself included. Yeah. So my hope is that they don't really test with this
0: yeah. much further. Like, like, is this like why, is like the Irishman like why they did it? Like, no, no. Like, I mean, Netflix is much bigger
1: than just the Irishman.
0: Yeah, but like, you know, we're all, we're releasing this three and a half hour movie and like all of a sudden like this news comes out that this is what they're beta testing. I think like, it's
1: just coincidence. Um.
0: So like, you know, we can cut like watching the Irishman down to like an hour and a half, so. Yeah, you know, I mean because Netflix has
1: series, right, that are much yeah. longer than yeah. just the Irishman. So the Irishman. Jessica Jones
0: sped up. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, exactly. So um, yeah, so it it goes well beyond that. Uh, but to kind of come back to a point that we were talking about earlier, uh, the theater aspect. So <laughs> yeah, sorry. <laughs> yeah, so Netflix is releasing this in independently-owned uh, theaters. So you can see it at, like, your um, Alamo Drafthouse and landmark theaters. But, again, it's not playing a Regal or AMC.
0: Can I just bring up a point again? And I brought it up a couple weeks ago. When you are in the audience, you have a responsibility... Not a responsibility, but there is a moral, a code of ethics, or a code... Please be a good audience member and try to get there on time. I cannot stand when people walk in 20, 30, 40 minutes into a movie because either they're stuck in traffic and I don't wait for anyone more than ten minutes. <laughs> <laughs> That's a movie reference. <laughs> no, or it's t- it's, in the Irishman. <laughs> no, and I just think it's so <laughs> I just think it's so unbelievably rude. Um granted, like it's also and like I fully admit it is rude to be on your phone during the movie, but I tried to hide it as much as I could, and nobody around me could see it. I hid my phone under my jacket. But that being said, if you are in an audience, please be discreet about being on your phone, go outside if you have to talk, and come in at a normal freaking time. Sorry, I digress. I was really frustrated. You're you're advocating for them to watch it on Netflix. (laughs)
1: Kind
0: of. I'm advocating for you to see (laughs) it in a theater by yourself if you can. Sorry, I'm done. Please Uh, continue. This is,
1: This is doing very well at the theaters that it is playing in. Yeah, yeah. But uh, it is line, not... Line, there's lines out the door. Either. I know, it's, it's like crazy. Other cities. So a lot of people do want to see this movie in theaters. And it tends to be older crowds. And I think this is an old person movie. So I think like this will play very well with old crowds. And also bros. Bros, yeah. Because <laughs> they love Scorsese. Yeah.
0: Like, you know... Goodfellas is every guy's favorite movie.
1: So, this is okay. I'm glad you brought up Goodfellas, and I'll come back to the theater thing in a minute. But, uh, so this is a very different movie than like Goodfellas and um, Casino, for example. So, especially, it, it's helpful, I think, to look at Scorsese's body of work over the past 20 years or so. I think. He's made two kinds of films. He makes your like fast-paced and fun films, and he's made more introspective films. So for every Wolf of Wall Street and the Departed, there's a silence or Hugo. Mm. And this falls right in the middle between those two mediums. It's like it's right in between fast-paced and introspective, so it kind of takes the most of both worlds, whereas Goodfellows, I think, falls in line with more manic and fast-paced mm-hmm. sort of speed, and I think this takes a more layered approach.
0: You mentioned earlier that um, this is kind of, uh, I guess, a, a not quite a satire on the gangster film, but it's a, cri- very a much critique. critiquing. Yeah, so do you want to expo explain more what you mean and like sure. why this movie is a critique? Yeah, uh, and how and how? It doesn't necessarily
1: glorify it as much. It's not so it's not as sexy as like even like The Departed. It's <laughs> it's it's funny to call like a movie sexy when like everyone dies in the end. But <laughs> uh they they don't make it seem like all that fun, especially because Frank Sheeran's uh Frank Sheeran like struggles like with his family life and to get like the approval of his daughter who's played by Anna Paquin with a total of seven words spoken in the entire movie.
0: <laughs> and So if you thought she was up for a best supporting actress category, I'm not going to happen. Don't, don't think yeah. you're right there.
1: But to that point, I will defend that creative choice actually to give her so few words because she is kind of playing his conscience In a sort of way. Mm -hmm. And so he always knows. So Frank always knows kind of what Peggy, his daughter, is like thinking because he feels it himself. And so he's constantly trying to like seek her approval the way that he knows like what he's doing. Mm -hmm. Being a hitman is wrong. Yeah. So it's like that's like a very fascinating parallel. And um very prevalent throughout the movie. Uh, So I think by Anna Paquin not speaking a whole lot, uh, her presence actually loomed large, and uh, it made it for a more contemplative role. And whereas I don't think uh, some of his other gangster movies are as contemplative. Mm -hmm. They're great. They're excellent movies, but
0: yeah yeah and, and I so was,
1: that's why i mean it's like it's kind of critiquing that because it's actually taking a step back and looking yeah re- recounting yeah
0: i was stories. i was actually thinking about I, I i was going i guess a little further than you and thinking like is martin Scorsese you just trashing this whole genre and like, like i mean
1: he wouldn't have made he wouldn't have made it especially yeah. with de niro of all people that's why yeah. like this is this is an old man's movie yeah and it's very much in that sense, I will also compare it to Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. This is a very similar movie to Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, where you take this um, very extroverted, like high-strung director who's like known for his fast-paced movies and then take a step back. And as they reach an older age, they like think about (laughs) their life a little bit more. And are having these sort of contemplative movies, which is possibly unexpected. But so I think Once Upon a Time in Hollywood was a good primer for, uh, for the Irishman. Yeah. Also, also, Pain and Glory, but that's a much smaller movie. <laughs> so, this is the movie about aging. This is the year of the aging director.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. And, uh, yeah,
1: <laughs> that's yeah. So, what did what did you want to say?
0: Oh no, you you pretty much summed up everything. <laughs> everything I wanted to say. So, um, but that
1: said about Anna Paquin, uh, this movie doesn't have a whole lot of female characters, and one of one critique of Scorsese movies not a is, whole lot of
0: diversity. Either. <laughs> yeah, there's not a whole lot of diversity here. And, but it's also not really a movie that's uh, very, I guess, inclusive of diversity yeah, as so- well. I actually did
1: find this interesting too because the movie is called The Irishman, but the book that it is based on is called I Heard You Paint Houses. So I kept thinking, why did they decide to call this The Irishman instead? And there are a lot of slurs kind of thrown around in this movie, and particularly around um, Italians and the Irish. Mm-hmm. And it's like very interesting to me because I think it's Jimmy Hoffa at one point, like claims to be so like inclusive and like loves, like is, doesn't matter who you are, but then they constantly refer to other people as cocksuckers. (laughs) So it's like, they don't even realize kind of what they're doing. (laughs) Like they're being offensive in their words. Yeah, I was gonna.
0: I was actually going to bring that up. It's, I almost felt like there was a feeling of. Homophobia, or or something along those lines. Um, of course, obviously, both intentionally and unintentionally. Um, but but yeah, the uh, the language in it is 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 strong um, for sure. Col- colored, Col- color, <laughs> colored. Yeah, that's that's appropriate. And the violence is um, it's prevalent. Yeah, it's prevalent, but it's not. It's not. It doesn't take over the movie like it does in a lot of. Gangster, yeah. gangster genre film. Yeah,
1: even Scorsese. Or,
0: yeah, movies. even Scorsese. Yeah, it's it's toned down. The blood is toned down. Yeah. So the good... the violence is, I mean, it's there, but it's it's. Don't go into this and, movie thinking you're going to see a lot of like fighting and shooting them up.
1: You see this early on. There's a hit that's put out early on in the movie, and so it follows a hitman, uh, kind of like making his way through like a shopping center, mm. and you hear the gunshots like happen on screen, but the camera stays focused on a bouquet of flowers uh-huh. instead. So it's said the hit happens off screen. So it's, that is very indicative of how the rest of the movie plays out
0: yeah, was, in was, terms of violence. It was a very, actually not seeing it. It was, I felt more powerful. Yeah. It was, a, it was more impactful than yeah. the way he did it. The way Spurs says he did it. Um, and I, I feel like yeah that was that kind of violence was prevalent throughout the rest of the film as well that the way the way that was shot um and even even like the scene there's a scene where uh with Kennedy's assassination do you see yeah there's there's a scene where the TV, you see the TV right before the assassination and then uh I believe it's it's Robert De Niro's character watching the television is Oh, no no it's it's Hoffa watching the television. He watches this the screen and then sees that it's going on and then he walks away. Yeah and you just see Hoffa's expression while this yeah. is going on. It's yeah. brilliant. it is brilliant.
1: Jimmy Hoffa did not like uh kennedy j f k or Bobby Kennedy, and I actually feel like i learned a lot about Jimmy Hoffa, assuming that a yeah. lot of what happens in this story is true there's some questions well, of how yeah. accurate uh, Frank Sheeran's take on this
0: is. Whether it's true or not, it's, it's definitely a, yeah. a historic yeah. <laughs> education. <laughs> uh, uh, so.
1: And they, they're very self-referential on this. So in the movie, they mentioned like a few times how young people don't really know who Jimmy Hoffa is. And I got to be honest, pretty much the only things I knew about Jimmy Hoffa was that he was a union leader and that he
0: disappeared. That's two End. more. That's two more things than I knew.
1: End of story. Yeah. So, and they make jokes about that, like in the movie, that people don't know who Jimmy Hoffa was, even though when Jimmy Hoffa was at his prime, everyone in the country knew. Who yeah, he
0: was. was like he was like as big as Kennedy. That's yeah. what they said. Yeah so. yeah.
1: so it's so it's interesting and kind of surprised I haven't really made a Jimmy Hoffa movie before this too. And speaking of which, De Nier, I'm sorry, Al Pacino was the best he's been in years as uh, Jimmy Hoffa. He just like brings his kind of classic Pacino charm and gravitas to a role. And it Second was Second
0: Al Pacino movie this year too. What was the first? Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Oh yeah, he is in that.
1: Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, yeah. Uh,
0: he's It's kinda of funny.
1: Very in very similar yes. roles too. Yeah. Not as
0: prevalent in Once Upon a Time, but but he's there.
1: And he just like he is a scene stealer, mm-hmm. and he's like perfectly cast for this role, yeah
0: yeah, and he 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 made it very clear that this was this was his role, and nobody was taking it from him, and he really like it like you could see in his performance that he really wanted to do this, and not necessarily, I don't think necessarily for the Oscars, but just just to just as yeah. a summation of his life and his work.
1: And I mean, for first film was Scorsese mm-hmm. is like just way to announce <laughs> this like partnership. Yeah. They probably may be their last movie together. Yeah. yeah. Who knows? Not probably. Uh, but I, on the th- other end of the spectrum, uh, a very completely different sort of character and played in a different sort of way. I thought Joe Pesci was incredible. Uh, Joe Pesci um, it's his first time acting in over 10 years maybe but he delivered this soft and looming performance and he had I think the best character arc of the supporting characters and I was just like wowed by his presence on screen and how he can deliver that quietly and effectively and it was in dark contrast to Al Pacino who I think also did excellently so it's very two very different styles of acting and two very different characters perfectly put on screen together yeah yeah uh I I thought De Niro was good I don't have anything bad to say about De Niro uh but I think Pesci and Pacino really took it for me
0: yeah um, also, <laughs> I know this is, I guess, kind of weird, but, like, I kind of wanted to see a little more Harvey Keitel, just because I was, yeah, I was yeah. excited to see him in a movie, like, again, and, I, like, I saw him on the screen, and then, like, he just kind of disappeared. Yeah,
1: and, like, he plays an important character. Yeah, he plays,
0: he plays a bit, he plays, like, the Philadelphia mob. Yeah, he plays, like, the like, head the, of the, the mob. Yeah. 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 So, I, I thought he would, like, be more prevalent in the movie, but, you know, I guess, I guess not. So, um. Yeah, he but, has,
1: uh a good he's a good role but like not a whole lot of screen time I will say yeah uh I love how many personal connections I kind of have to this movie because the movie the framing device is used from a road trip taken from Philadelphia across the PA Turnpike into Ohio to like Toledo Ohio and Detroit and I have made that road trip so many times that I know exactly
0: (laughs) exactly where they're all going.
1: And so it was so unreal to see that, like, an actual road trip happen on screen, the Mm -hmm. the same route that
0: I've taken so many times. And that actually also says something for uh, uh, Frank Sheeran's patience in the movie, is that, like, he has to, like, stop constantly for his wife and um, Joe Pesci's wife or, Russell, sorry, Russell's wife to take cigarette breaks or go to the bathroom. And he's just, like, totally fine with it. Like, sure, we'll stop every, like, 15 minutes so you can get out and smoke. But there's no smoking in the car. So I just, that, like, says something to his character as well. Just, like, what he's had to deal with his whole life. Like, this isn't a big deal at all. Um, so so I thought I thought yeah. that was pretty, I thought that said something. Especially, like, the first scene where they, there's a scene, like, very early on where they get out of the car. And they're, like... um I, either they're on a smoke break or they're looking at something in the car and then um, uh, Frank Sheeran turns to Russell and he goes, hey, Russell, look where we are. And they like go right to the gas station where they they look right at the gas station right where they first met. Um, a little bit of like way too convenient, but also very powerful.
1: Yeah. I think I think the end of the movie is better than the beginning. I think the last hour or so is top notch filmmaking, mm-hmm. and the first hour is great. But I think the ending is like where it really, really, really comes alive.
0: Yeah, I mean, I mean, as it you know, as it should be for a lot of movies. Yeah. Um, but no, I I agree. It's the ending. The ending was was. Uh, Riveting, maybe is not the right word, um, but definitely shocking. Yeah, and, I love the final shot. Oh, uh, you're going to remind me. I'll,
1: I'll, well, I won't tell, say on the podcast, know, but know, I'll, I'll know, remind you after.
0: Okay, okay. Um, I I'm, It'll probably come to me like within the next 15 minutes of finishing the yeah. podcast. <laughs> but, um, but, so there was a lot of imagery in the movie that, like, it just... Yeah. yeah.
1: Well, um... Should we talk about Scorsese and Marvel?
0: Okay, I'm gonna be honest with you. I haven't read too much into it because, like,
1: oh my God, this is my favorite I, story I of
0: the past. Like, I, I know month. what I know what he said, but like, I haven't read any of the criticisms, of, like, about it, and like, because I have my own opinions, and like, well, that's what I want to hear. You know. Um, and like, I and I know he came out like with like. Didn't Martin Scorsese come out with something like explaining what he meant or something an like op-ed. that?
1: An op-ed. He's and like I'm completely like, yeah. doubling down on what he said.
0: So oh, okay. Yeah, no, that, that's up. not what I read. That's, yeah. that's, sorry, I thought that's what you wanted, but like yeah. I, like, that's, well, I didn't read any of that. To
1: right. back up, uh, in October, Scorsese gave an interview to Empire Magazine where he was asked a question of how he felt about Marvel movies, and he described them as akin to amusement parks. Mm-hmm. And there's much longer quote that I recommend you go read, but that was the sort of gist of it and this of course brought great ire to uh, fans on both sides <laughs> and quite caused quite the controversy. And so then, of course, people start asking Scorsese about it again, and he's like doubling down on what he said, and then wrote this New York Times op ed, which uh, we posted on our Facebook page if you want to check that out. but he uh, he's saying a lot of things, and uh, I think his broad his broader argument is his argument with the death of sort of like the mid-sized movie and the character-driven movie uh he also and then on the other side of things he's also talking about um marvel movies like being sort of product rather than a movie i will say or rather than movies so he's saying that like audience members are could be like primed to only go to the theaters to sort of, like, experience these movies and they feel the same things, like, repetition again and again and again. And there's, like, less originality is what he's saying. And don't want to put words in his mouth, but that's the gist of it that I've taken of. Mm -hmm. So he's saying that there's fewer, there's fewer, there's less originality, I think, is what his argument kind of boils down to. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, and it, it's it's a very interesting thing. I've read a lot of... There's been a lot of yeah. think pieces written about this. Uh, yeah,
0: and that's, you know, everyone's going to have their opinion and everyone's going to be, you know, a critic. And people are going to hate it. People are going to love it and agree with it. And, you know, in the end, it's his opinion versus your opinion. And...
1: No, I actually I actually don't agree with that. I don't think it's a his opinion versus... Um, your opinion type of thing. Because I think this whole argument is like plastered in shades of gray, uh, which which why, is why I'm so fascinated with it, because it's not, you can't really be on like one side or the other. So for example, he Scorsese is saying that Marvel movies are like taking up a bunch of theater space. But on the other uh, side of that argument, Here he goes, he's making this $160 million movie, The Irishman, for Netflix, which is known for its streaming services. Mm -hmm. It's trying to get into theaters, but unsuccessfully. So that's like theaters versus streaming. That's a whole other argument that brings up, that it brings into question too. So, um, and also, He like not all Marvel movies are necessarily paint by the numbers. Like the best example, I think, is Black Panther. Mm -hmm. So like it's not black. It's not black and white. So that's why I'm like so obsessed with this, this story because it's not like uh, he said she said. But like
0: who's who is Martin Scorsese to tell? audience is what they deserve and, like, what...
1: Well, so that's, like, the other question. Like, how are you... That's the debate. Like, what's the big deal about, like, denying someone joy? Amusement parks bring me joy. Mm -hmm. They bring, like, like, a ton of people joy. Yeah. So it's, who are you to deny, like, joy to things? And I think the way that I've kind of settled on this argument is I think he's essentially saying that like it's fine, like go experience joy, but like you're not gonna go to an amusement park to have, to be challenged or like think about things. And he wants to see more of that cinema, particularly in theaters. Um, And if like an entire movie chain like owns basically a town, remember when we talked about like the Topeka, Kansas thing a couple Mm -hmm. weeks ago, like, that happens where like certain towns have no options to go see movies. Like, so he wants to see more of that open up. So I agree with that. Even if his remarks about Marvel were kind of inflammatory. I say this is somebody who likes Marvel movies.
0: Yeah. Um, no, I, I, I got, I get what he's saying. And I, I understand the argument for it. Um, So at the end of, so at the end of the day, I'm, to me, obviously like movies are an experience. Um, You go to the theater looking for whatever experience you want to see and happen. Um, uh, Granted, so, okay, let me back up. It's very well known amongst like my peers. Like, so my, like my favorite movie of all time is Jurassic Park and that's, It's not a Marvel movie, but it's it's a movie with visual effects and can be seen as like an entertainment movie. Um it can be seen as an amusement park, quote unquote, if you will. Um it's yeah, (laughs) Yeah, it is about an amusement park, yeah. (laughs) Um it's okay, not the greatest movie of all time. Didn't get any Oscars. Um but I it's you know, it's my favorite movie because I mean it did get an Oscar, best visual effects. Sorry. Um, but it is my favorite movie because of the experience I had with it, because of um, because of when I saw it and who I saw it with and, and you know the, what it meant to me. Um and that could mean the same for like for like a little kid seeing Avengers. Like who are we to tell a kid that, you know, Avengers or Spider Man can't be his favorite movie because of the experience he had with it. May not be the greatest movie of all time, may not, may just be like a a a visual effects epic and like I'm not someone I'm not going to be to me movies are an art form whether they're big budget action blow em up superhero whatever or a smaller indie movie like Marriage Story or The Irishman or something like that um so I so in this sense like I guess I do understand what Scorsese is saying but I I do not agree with his bashing. That I, I don't agree with his statements about Marvel whatsoever. Um, like that's like that's really all I'm gonna say on the matter. Just because. I, I, See, I
1: I don't, I I don't really take them as a negative though. Yeah. I mean, like I don't think calling something a theme park is. you know people I think take it more negatively than it should be. Like to your point, I about, think no, I think he was. I no, I think I, to your point about having like a favorite movie and going about that like. Do what brings you joy, and amusement parks bring people joy. So that's the Yeah, but like, I, I don't take that negatively. And I don't think he's saying it's wrong to have like a Marvel movie be your favorite movie.
0: Yeah, but but when when you go back and say things like, um, you know, Scorsese is saying this about Marvel movies because of, for example, the, the theater spaces it, it it takes up, is that not a negative is that not him trying to be negative about this? Like,
1: no. Well, number one, he was he was asked the question and answered yeah. the question, and so he didn't start. In a way, he didn't start this. Yeah yeah yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. But um, that is also brings into question about like the theater owners, and um, the theater owners are do not have their hands clean necessarily of this too, yeah. because they also they want to bring in what makes money. And they're not taking risks, mm-hmm. and other studios like outside of Disney are not taking risk. And this is why he's pairing with a studio like Netflix. And Netflix was willing to give him 160 million dollars to make this character driven movie, yeah. which is kind of unheard of elsewhere.
0: And also theaters, like theaters are closing because they're not getting no, small theaters. Small theaters, yeah. Big theaters are doing very well. But. Well, Smaller theaters are, well, yeah. So smaller theaters are, are closing, though. But okay, yeah. To give them give them the space to play them, like Netflix is like, if you're putting your movie on Netflix, like you're taking away from the theater experience. Like that's so yeah like that's that's frustrating like to me it kind of like goes back in the there, yeah and this is this
1: is why like i'm so fascinated by this argument because yeah. it's not that clean cut uh, because there are these whole other questions that come into play yeah so but anyway it's it's very fascinating to me, and if you're kind of interested in the future of cinema, would definitely uh, check into some of these you can always uh be happy to share some stories with us. Like, you can always email us. Um, oh, yeah. We have, we have a, <laughs> uh, our email address is stepandrepeatpod at gmail.com. Or you can uh, engage with us on social media. We're uh, at, at repeatsteppod on Twitter. And we're at facebook.com slash yep. And
0: So can I just say one final thought about... No. Oh uh, wait. Wondering. You say it. you well. Give your sorry. Give your grade.
1: <laughs> oh, uh, I thought this movie was excellent, and I've been thinking about it nonstop for the past twenty-four hours. So I give it an A.
0: Okay. Well, um, yeah. I still am. I'm still thinking about it. And I still don't know how I feel. I, I don't know if I loved it. I know I liked it. I know I didn't hate it. At first, I thought, did I hate this? And now I'm teetering towards, like, love it. So I'm not going to give it a grade yet. Um, we can come we back next week. We'll come back, we'll next, come back week. next week, yeah. See but how you feel. My final thought on the Irishman, I've been thinking about this for a long time. The Godfather, starring Al Pacino. Godfather Part Two, starring Al Pacino and Robert De Niro, was about the rise of a gangster. And 30, this 40 years later, this is about the fall
1: so all right yeah, so that that sounds pretty pretty accurate okay but um yeah so i've been thinking about that like all <laughs> things, so <laughs> well good all right well do you want to dive into oscar
0: revisionist history sure and
1: you so graciously allowed me to do it yes, again I know. this time
0: well i've got something planned for next week Ooh, so. <laughs> i'm
1: excited uh I could have gone a million different routes. I don't even know
0: if I want to guess. (laughs) Yeah, and- Please don't do 1992. No, 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 no. no.
1: The obvious route would be to do like Scorsese, or De Niro, Pacino, or even Pesci, or Anna Paquin. Yeah, oh God. (laughs) And yes, Anna Paquin is an Oscar winner. Yes, she is. Yeah and but i decided to go a little different and it had to do with a debate that we had earlier Mm. so uh, i'm surprised that this movie did not come up in our discussion but what was the last sort of major oscar-nominated movie to utilize a lot of de-aging technology
0: Oh. oh i'm gonna sit here and like think um The last Oscar winner, Best Picture.
1: Uh, no, it didn't win Best Picture. Oh, but it did win other awards.
0: De aging. I'm pretty
1: sure it won visual effects. Yeah.
0: Curious Case of Benjamin Button. Yes. Wow.
1: Yeah. Uh, I mean, I got it. it. <laughs> okay. Other like other movies obviously use like slight de aging, but that was the last like major. That was one run. of my
0: like favorite movie years of my life. Two thousand eight. Two thousand
1: eight. Mm-hmm. Well, guess what year we're doing? Two thousand eight. And. Uh, I also chose this uh, category because we talked about tiny little bit about uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood mm-hmm. and kind of in the whole process about aging in general. So I thought that best actor, for which Brad Pitt was nominated for uh, in 2008 for A Curious Case of Benjamin Button would be... A good way to
0: go. It's a very good one, yeah. So that's when I think of two thousand eight. There are three movies I think of. It's um Hellboy Two Marvel <laughs> Tropic, movie. <laughs> Tropic Thunder No Hellboy's not. Oh
1: I it's not? No. no. It's not
0: oh my god. It's uh it's, yeah, no, it's it's not Punish DC, me. it's not DC either. It's um Wow. Oh god, I can't remember the name of the I don't know, I'll figure it out. Um Hellboy 2, Tropic Thunder, and Slumdog Millionaire. Oh! <laughs> so, leading into Oscar Revised My Sister, Slumdog Millionaire.
1: Well, uh, none of those three movies were nominated for no, <laughs> Best Actor. No. They were.
0: Um, not. So, but. Uh, no. Do you remember who won that year? Wasn't Robert De Niro nominated for Best Supporting Actor that year?
1: No, he. The last time he was nominated for was Silver Linings Playbook in 2013.
0: Not Robert Jr. Oh my God, Robert Downey Jr. Sorry, he was, yeah, yeah, but
1: not best actor. Yeah, yeah.
0: I got too many Roberts on the brain. Robert <laughs> yeah. D. Jeez. Uh, I know. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> and I mean,
1: and that is a Marvel tie-in for sure.
0: Yeah, definitely.
1: And that was the year of Iron Man.
0: Yeah, we we chatted about this a few podcasts ago, a few podcasts ago about really he was like I think he was being nominated for Iron Man. Yeah, and
1: he was to yeah. an extent,
0: and he should be. This year. But but they've decided not to We're not gonna get back into that whole debate. <laughs> um so Oh sorry, 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 sorry. I'm well,
1: gonna... I want to see if you can remember the winner, but I'll if I give you the other nominees, do you think you can remember who won? Maybe. Okay. So we have Brad Pitt for the Curious Case of Benjamin Button. Yeah. We have Richard Jenkins for the visitor.
0: Mm-hmm. We
1: have never saw that. (laughs) Neither did I. Actually, actually, maybe I. I don't remember. Uh, We have Franklin for Frost Nixon, Mm -hmm. and we have Mickey Rourke for the Wrestler. Those are the other nominees.
0: Oh God, I'm gonna kick myself when I hear this. Do you want a hint? Was it in the Best Picture category? Was the yes? Okay. Um, I'm trying to think what was nominated that year. Uh, Slumdog won. The wrestler was nominated.
1: It was The wrestler was not nominated. Oh, wasn't picture.
0: No. Um, well, Curious Case was. Curious Case has been from Button. Um, I think Frost Nixon was. Frost Nixon was definitely nominated. I, I'm like drawing a blank. It was his second
1: Oscar win.
0: Uh... Why playing he, why playing a, re- he,
1: a real life character, also like Daniel Day Lewis. No,
0: I don't. Sean oh. Penn. Sean milk. Penn. That's right. No. Yeah. I, as soon as you the yeah. s came out of your mouth, I was like, yeah. I knew it.
1: Yeah. yeah. No. So, okay. Uh, so we have Sean Penn, Richard Jenkins, Frank Langella, Brad Pitt, Mickey Rourke.
0: Sean Penn, like you, you're just Sean Penn. One. Yeah. The end.
1: Done. <laughs> <laughs> I would pick Mickey
0: Rourke. Really, uh, yes, oh, I uh, remember how much you loved the wrestler yeah, I, yeah I, you were in college then, and I like came up and I watched the wrestler like like with you like I think it was over winter break or something, so um yeah uh, you yeah, know he was he was really good, but I still would have picture him. I was
1: really kind of blown away by yeah. the wrestler, and I say this as I mentioned this before, but as someone who has grown to love the movie milk a lot more than I did when it came out and um but it's hard for me to. My, I remember my feelings watching The Wrestler mm-hmm. were just like so overpowering and was kind of bummed that he didn't win. Also, especially because Sean Penn had already previously won at that point. Mm-hmm. So, it's, to me, it's very similar to when um, Eddie Redmayne beat uh, um, uh, uh, Michael Keaton for Birdman and uh it was like a very close race that year Mm. that was like a two-man i remember that yeah yeah. and same thing this year it was very much sean penn versus mickey rourke yeah and mickey rourke came up short just like uh by like a few votes probably by like three votes i would always love to see like who the runner-up would be or like what the statistics are yeah i don't think
0: that's something we'll ever see on our life no
1: unless you like work for the accounting firm Mm -hmm. (laughs) ernst and young (laughs) new job yeah (laughs) So our accounting friends out there, <laughs> yeah. if you Ooh, ever yeah. get a job,
0: I know one, Ernestine Young. <laughs> yes, yeah. please, please, please share with us, please. Criminal. Gonna need all those tickets going back to 1929. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so I, I just thought Mickey Rourke was so good, yeah. and I would just like wanted, wanted to give it to him.
0: But yeah, um, second time I picked 2008. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm trying to think. Uh, all right, so I guess in terms of order, um, oh, the rest oh, want to do in order. The rest are something I'm gonna have to like definitely see again because it's been a long time. Uh, and I remember really like Frank Langella in Frost/Nixon. I thought he was really good. Um, Brad Pitt, I thought was like the worst that year, but I'm not the biggest Brad Pitt fan, as I've said before. <laughs> so, um, like maybe like he deserves a nomination, but I, you know, I digress. Um, so I would go definitely like five, Brad Pitt. Um I don't
1: remember the visit I didn't see the visitor, so I
0: can't I think I've seen the visitor. I think I I think I have. It sounds so familiar and I'm all right, so let's just eliminate Richard Jenkins because we both don't remember him. So he'll be the outlier on the side. So we'll go um four I'll go four, Brad Pitt, three, uh Three, Mickey Rourke, two Frank Langella, one Sean Penn.
1: Uh, ours aren't that dissimilar. Even though I do love *The Curious Case* Benjamin Button, yeah. I would still put um four Pitt, I would put three Langella, two Pen, one Rourke.
0: Mm-hmm. And like, granted, like both Langella and Rourke, like I thought were great. Yeah. They're just they. Yeah. A lot of these like categories, I like. They could go. Anyway. Like there are some years where I think like all five just
1: deserve Yeah, And this is especially in recent
0: years. Like where the acting is just like so strong in
1: movies lately. And this is a good year. Oh, we didn't really talk about what Oscars we think the Irishman could get.
0: Oh, um well definitely picture. Yeah, this is gonna get
1: a picture and director. Definitely picture, definitely
0: director. Um Do you think it'll get actor? I think I think actor and supporting. I, I think it could get two supporting. Yeah, yeah. I think
1: both of them could land. I think Pacino's a little more likely to land. So
0: so you think, well, Once Upon a Time would have to lead, correct?
1: No, so they're to campaigning, Brad Pitt and supporting.
0: Okay, so, and then Leo would be lead. Yeah. Okay, so, it's not very often that we get movies that give us multiple. Well, we just had one last year. Well, yeah. The favorite. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, 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 I mean, like, well, this year we're going to have, like, two in the same year that give us, like, multiple people, like, so, like, you know, three, and potentially three, like, that's just...
1: Oh, like, three actors from the same Yeah, party. yeah, yeah, it's yeah. just, it's a lot, well, it's a fa- lot. The yeah. Favourite did it last year, Olivia Colman, Rachel Weisz, and Stone. Yeah,
0: yeah, but, yeah, The Favourite was definitely heavy, a heavy acting movie, and it was... The favorite's also another movie I need to go watch again, because, like, there are movies I just don't appreciate the first time I see them, and then, like, when I go see them again, like, Inside Out is a prime example, where, like, I did not like Inside Out the first time I saw it, and the second time I saw it, I was just uh, bawling my eyes out so I maybe, like, the second watch has more of an impact on me than the first one. So, but, like, when do I have time to go, like, see a movie for a second time? Like, especially <laughs> like, if it's three and, and a half, half, half hours. hours. <laughs>
1: uh, but... Yeah, I really think I think this could land two supporting acting noms. Mm-hmm. I If De Niro gets a nom, it'll be a career nom. Yeah. But it's it's certainly possible Pacino too. Yeah, for both of those. But I I the reason I say that is because best actor is so stacked.
0: What about visual effects this year?
1: Yes, I think this will get visual effects win. Uh Unclear Because, again, The Lion King
0: is a big question mark. Um, Can we just, like, forget about The Lion King? Like, I think a lot of people would like to. <laughs> it's just, like, I'm done with The Lion King. I'm so done with, like... I'm just done with that movie. Yeah. I'm just done people with people talking about it.
1: Um, so. I think this will win adapted screenplay, too.
0: Mm-hmm. I, uh... I would agree. Yeah, I would agree.
1: Uh, and it, another thing that I didn't give a shout out to, I thought the editing was fantastic, especially for a three and a half hour movie. Uh Like it, for me, it it blew by. So, and the way that they use the uh, narrating device, like there are flashbacks within flashbacks, but you're still able to kind of like keep track of it. So I thought like the editing, both exemplified good editing, and a lot of editing, and that's the kind of stuff that Oscars eat up. Editing, a lot of the time, goes to most editing <laughs> instead of, <laughs> like, best editing. Uh, yeah, yeah. So
0: I think because this... Because editors feel for each other. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: and I... Uh, so God. I think this is a strong contender, if not the lead for yeah, for agree. best editing. So I think this this is going to go home with a few.
0: Lots of nominations. Lots of nominations, yeah. for sure. Yeah. So...
1: Um, but anything okay. uh, else? No, until so uh, until next wrap time. Wrap up our 10th episode. I know. Episode 10 into the double digits. Yes, here we go. Yeah. And uh, if you like us, be sure to rate us and review us. And uh, that's how people find us. So
0: five stars, like Uber. Yeah. <laughs> no tip necessary.
1: Yeah. Well, uh, thanks for tuning in, everyone. Thank you. All right. We'll see you next time. <laughs> Bye.